When it comes to China, the West wants you to believe that they're a better friend to Africa than China is. They will tell you that China is trying to trap Africa um, with bad debt because it's always giving Africa money. They'll tell you that China cannot be trusted because you do not know what they want from you. They never say what they want from you. You cannot trust China because they're just China. You cannot trust China because the West does not like them because it's only the West that has the best interest for Africa at heart. But listen to what this gentleman has to say about what kind of interest the West has always had in Africa. China is not holding guns to our heads and telling us that if you need assistance from me, you have to have this kind of government or that kind of government. The West insists that if you want to deal with them, you need to have a certain kind of government. They even go to the extent of determining who should be our leaders even today. On February 24, 1966, the Central Intelligence Agency of the United States of America overthrew the Nkrumah government. They actually organized the overthrow of the most prominent leader of the African people. They killed Patrice Lumumba. French, Belgium, and other Western intelligence services came together and they killed Patrice Lumumba. They dissolved his body in acid and took out his front teeth as souvenir. This barbarism has never been exhibited by China. Today, everywhere in Africa, everywhere in the world, the West is bombing democracy into our people and destroying what used to be paradise. They bombed Libya. They destroyed Libya. They killed Gaddafi. And today there is total chaos in Libya. Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome again to another episode of our conversations. My name is Ndiro Ganga. I am a business journalist by profession and also a digital content creator. And I enjoy coming on here to have conversations with you guys about black people, Africa empowerment, and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. Today I want us to discuss the intricate relationship between China, Africa, and the West. China has slowly built its dominance influence on the continent and this was done very strategically. This was done through partnerships, conversations and development. How do I mean this? China does not come on the table as the big brother. China does not come on the table and say, oh, no, you can sit at that side of the table. This is for the big boys. China does not come to the bargaining table with a whole load of conditionalities. I'll give you a practical example. When the West is giving you money, it comes with a whole load of conditionalities. First of all, the terms at which you borrow. Who can even borrow? Who can do business with the West? If they don't like you, you'll not do business with them. They'll slap sanctions on you. They will, they will ensure that you dance to their tune by any way, form, and means possible. Um, if you look at things like... Um, LGBTQ, um, human rights and democracy, the West will tell you this is how we do things and you must align to the way we think, see and believe for us to be able to do any sort of business with you. 
do not get me wrong i have no issue and i don't think africans at large have issues with matters of human rights and democracy and lgbtq it's just that we see things differently we perceive things differently and we are at a different stage to be honest with you 40 50 years ago same-sex marriage was illegal even in the west it's just it's now being legalized in several european countries and so the West sort of wants Africa to jump through all those hoops that they had the privilege to go through, where you allow society to see these things, to, to live through them, to process them before they finally accept. And so there's always pushback, and if you don't do this, then sanctions and blah, 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 blah. And then China sees an opportunity and says, this is how these guys do business with you. Okay, we want you to come on board, Bert, as our worthy partner. Okay, we're going to give you money. You'll pay us back at this rate. These are the kind of developments that we'll do with you. And there are no conditionalities. How China does what it does is up to China. And what you do, what you do is up to you. Ours is a business transaction. And for as long as we respect each other and ensure that we operate at a diplomatic level, we do not have a problem with you. That is not how the West works. And if you doubt it, Africa is a perfect example. And when I say Africa, do not just limit your imagination to US, UK. There are countries such as Belgium that have committed atrocities on the continent. There are countries such as France that continue to loot dry the continent. And there's evidence out there like La France Afrique Agreement. And so today we want to have a conversation of why Western relationships are very complicated and why Africans are beginning to lean more towards the Chinese. Listen to what he had to say. Every Chinese leader that I've known, that I've listened to and read, has emphasized the point that China is building its society based on the aspirations of its own people. And every Chinese leader that I've listened to and read, from Chairman Mao to President Xi, they have said, that the Chinese model is not a model which should be copied. So China is not imposing its model on us. Of course, China is doing things which can provide inspiration for us. China is doing things which can show us that there's another way and so on. But China has never insisted that any country, any people should copy its model. It's also important to make the point that throughout our history, China has never dropped bombs on us. All the bombs that have been dropped on us, all the guns which have been pointed at us, which have killed our people, are guns from the West. The bombs have come from the West. They have not come from China. Indeed, throughout our history, our people have never been slaves to China. China never enslaved us. China didn't colonize us. China always stood on our side as a friend. We struggled against apartheid, and apartheid is the worst form of racism. Who were the people who supported the apartheid regime? Which institutions supported the apartheid regime? It was the Western institutions. Non-governmental organizations from the West, the Western military establishment, the Western intelligence services, and so on, supported apartheid. We were supported by China. So China throughout history has been a friend. A friend that does not impose his will on our people. There is talk of, of the possibility of China assuming the role that the Western powers have assumed. 
that possibility does not exist. Listen, until recently, if you wanted to make a telephone call from Ghana to Togo, you had to route that call through Paris or London. Even now, if you have to travel to some African countries from an African country, you have to route your flight through Europe. China is helping us to build that critical infrastructure which makes us independent and which promotes trade among the African people and which facilitates exchanges amongst the African people. Some of the projects that the China is, is, is embarking upon in Africa are railway lines. Railway lines linking one African capital to the other. That is in our interest. Indeed, I like to look at the railway lines in my own country. And I look at the railway lines in my own country and they tell a story. What is the story do these railway lines tell? They always, always start from areas of concentration of wealth and end up in the ports. So there's a railway line from the area which has bauxite, it ends up in the port. Railway lines from areas where we have timber, it ends up in the port. Railway lines from the gold mines, they end up in the port. This is symptomatic of the colonial economy, of the neo-colonial economy. So we did not build infrastructure in order to facilitate exchanges between our people. We did not build infrastructure in order to ensure that we are taking raw materials to areas of production and so on. This is what we want to reverse. And this is what Chinese technology and Chinese finance is helping us to achieve. This is not neocolonialism. This is partnership in development. And this is different. The West have proven over and over again that they're very brute. And they're the spoiled children in a candy shop. They want everything and they have to get it. If they don't, they throw a tantrum. The only difference is a spoiled child, when they're throwing a tantrum, they only throw themselves on the floor, cry um, at the loudest of their voice, and you'll have to drag them out of that store as a parent. Unfortunately, it's the reverse when it comes to Africa. If you do not abide by their rules, then you're going to pay the price in terms of destabilization, in terms of coups, in terms of assassinations. I will give again an example with Libya. Gaddafi was not a perfect leader globally, but some way, somehow, at least the country had some form of stability. Okay? No leader is perfect. Let, let us establish that because also the West has this thing of if an African leader has one or two or three flaws, they're not fit for office, throw them out. We saw, we saw how Trump performed. We, we knew his shortcomings. We knew his weaknesses, his blatant, blatant denial of COVID-19, refusing to take the vaccine, getting COVID-19, lack of empathy for people during COVID-19 and only focused on reviving businesses. And so one can argue he's a good businessman and one can argue he's a horrible human being. Look at Biden and the place that America is right now. The economy is not necessarily doing well, but nobody is saying Biden is not a good leader. Overthrow him, there needs to be a coup. We are allowing you the, the privilege and, and, and the right to live through your leadership and navigate your own internal leadership. That's not how it works with the West. If they don't like a leader, they are the big brother. They've bestowed upon themselves that demigod status and they will take you out of power and put whoever they please in office or just leave a country destabilized. Look at Libya right now. In all honesty, that chaos wasn't called for. Again, it's important to recognize that China is not holding guns to our heads. 
and telling us that if you need assistance from me, you have to have this kind of government or that kind of government. The West insists that if you want to deal with them, you need to have a certain kind of government. They even go to the extent of determining who should be our leaders even today. On February 24, 1966, the Central Intelligence Agency of the United States of America overthrew the Nkrumah government. They actually organized the overthrow of the most prominent leader of the African people. They killed Patrice Lumumba. French, Belgium, and other Western intelligence services came together and they killed Patrice Lumumba. They dissolved his body in acid and took out his front teeth as souvenir. This barbarism has never been exhibited by China. Today, everywhere in Africa, everywhere in the world, the West is bombing democracy into our people and destroying what used to be paradise. They bombed Libya. They destroyed Libya. They killed Gaddafi. And today there is total chaos in Libya. You understand? So this is the difference between the Western approach to developing relationships with us and the Chinese approach to developing relationships with us. They come with sanctions and injunctions. You do this or we sanction you. You do this or we bomb you and so on. That has been the relationship. That relationship must change and we will definitely ensure that that relationship changes. Because that relationship is not in our interest and that relationship cannot contribute to the building of a new world without a bomb. To the building of a new world in which we all see ourselves as equal partners in the preservation of life. Finally, before we end this vlog, we need to discuss the idea of Pan-Africanism because if Africa is to rise up and, and, and join forces and fight of Western influence, negative Western influence on the continent, then we will need to speak with Monocord. But we need to rethink the idea and concept of Pan-Africanism. Where did it come from? Whose idea was it? You know, does 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 Africa as we know it right now serve Africans, work well for Africans? For example, borders. In Europe, if you're a European, you can travel across the continent, you know, and that means swift and easy movement of people and goods which stimulates trade. But because some Western powers sat down, created borders for Africa, 50, 60 years later, these borders are still holding us back from traveling, from doing business with each other, and we need to rethink that. But Africanism is an imperative in Africa because today, the geographical areas we describe as countries hmm, were not created by us. It was Otto von Bismarck who actually invited European powers to bond, to divide Africa into the spheres of their influence. So these European leaders took a map on a, put a map on the table. There was no African around. It was only European leaders. They took pencils and began to draw lines across Africa. These are the lines today which have become our national boundaries. And I travel through Africa a lot, you understand. You go to the border between Ghana and Togo and you find one house 
The bedroom is in Ghana, the kitchen is in Togo. The people in that house, who are they? You go to the border with La Côte d'Ivoire and you find part of the Nzema people in La Côte d'Ivoire and part of them in Ghana. You understand? So these borders were so arbitrarily carved and they have led to the creation, in most part, of small, small states which are non-viable and which are open to exploitation. Our quest for African unity is to overcome this heritage of colonialism and exploitation. Our quest for African unity is to enable us to pull our resources together, to act together, to become strong, as Nkrumah and others advocated. Nkrumah and others wanted a united Africa with a common defense policy, common foreign policy, common economic policy, and so on. That is the salvation for Africa. We must definitely achieve the unity of the African people because that is the only way forward for the African people. Well, that's all I had for you in this episode of our conversations. My name is Zendira Ganga. Thank you very much for watching. Comment down below what you think about our conversation today and um, like this video and share with a friend. I'll see you again next time.